Welcome into the Penn State 365 podcast presented by Happy Valley Insider of the Rivals Network covering all, everything Penn State athletics on the field of competition and on the recruiting trail. My name is Dylan Cowan Crowley, beat rider, recruiting analyst, a little bit of everything over at Happy Valley Insider. I'm joined by two people you haven't seen in quite a while, but still friends of the site and two of my co-hosts, Anthony Nizan and Marty Leap. Gentlemen, it is not any normal episode here on the Penn State 365 episode. It's a little bit of an emergency podcast because on Friday, not only were me and Marty at our favorite team's respective opening days, uh, but on our way home from both teams' opening days, Penn State picked up a commitment from their biggest target in the entire 2024 recruit class, Quinn and Martin out of Bell Vernon, Pennsylvania, near five-star prospect, top 40 in the country in the Rivals 2024 rankings. This is as big as they come for the Nittany Lions, arguably their biggest commitment uh, since Micah Parsons, when you consider uh, the prospect, uh, what they mean in state, uh, and the overall talent. Marty, let's start with you. I obviously have qu- quite a few thoughts, and we'll get to his, some of his quotes and more. But Marty, let's start with you. What is your just immediate reaction to Quinn and Martin? And uh, what was better to say, that standing ovation Cutch got at the Pirates game or uh, driving home and seeing that uh, Quinn and Martin tweet come across Twitter? Yeah, they were both pretty great. You know, I was about an hour out from home or so whenever it came across to Quinn and Martin and committed to Penn State. And, uh, I mean, this is something that there had been some rumblings throughout the week. And, you know, tip of the cap to you, Dylan, for being the first person to uh, report on that across the Penn State message board earlier in the week that there was a chance of Quinn Martin pulling the trigger on Friday. And, uh, that's exactly what happened, and it's awesome. Like you said, big, big commitment. One of the best players in the country, definitely the best player in the state this cycle, top 50 kid, um, could be a high-level player in multiple positions. Definitely seems like a Penn State's going to be running back all the way where it just you know has a chance to step in and take over for Nick Singleton and Cage Ron Allen here in a couple of years and just keep the, the train of elite running backs churning at Penn State. And, yeah, just big get. I mean, I, it's – I don't think it's a surprise to anybody that Quentin Martin committed to Penn State. Maybe it's a surprise it happened this early, but there's a lot of positives in that too. Get the kid in early, let him, let him be um, a leader of this class, let him build a peer recruit, and you know re- reap the benefits of it. So just yeah, tip of the cap to the Penn State staff, and you know, and, and not just for the recruiting efforts, but it was always reported that this was a recruitment where NIL was going to be a big thing. So tip of the cap to everyone involved there to make sure Penn State who NIL has been hit or miss at times uh, to make sure they had all their ducks in a row there to get something lined yes, up. Yes, I do apologize for the time in the background. I'll make sure to mute my mic going forward. Uh, but as Marty uh, did say, uh, yeah, we, we future-casted Quinn and Martin on Tuesday, I believe, either well, late Monday night, early Tuesday, we future-casted Martin to Penn State. Got a story up on that on the boards. We said on Tuesday afternoon that we heard Penn State was going to be pushing for commitment very soon and that yes nil was going to be a big part of this recruitment but penn state was ready to be aggressive on that front when it came to quinn and martin uh don't know what you know the details are in terms of that uh but we know that they were willing to be aggressive and i'm sure they were in this recruitment uh quinn and martin that being said is the seventh commitment in penn state's 2024 recurring class which moves the ninny lines up to seventh in the rivals team recruiting rankings he uh, continues what has been a hot stretch for the Nittany Lions. Last week, they picked up one of their other top targets, cornerback John Mitchell out of uh, Jacksonville, Florida. They also picked up, of course, Luke Reynolds a couple uh, two weeks ago, 
uh, a tight end out of Cheshire, Connecticut. Uh, and at the beginning of March, they picked up defensive back Kenneth Wosley out of Imhotep Charter in Philadelphia. Uh, but seven recruits now in the class, uh, three from the state of Pe- sorry, four from the state of Pennsylvania. The Nittany Lions are once again dominating the state. Uh, but Anthony, what's your uh, thoughts on Quinn and Martin joining Penn State's 2024 recruiting class? Yeah, no matter how you you want to spin it, it is a huge commitment for Penn State. You know, anytime you have a borderline five star player in your home state number one player in the state of Pennsylvania, you have to get him no if, ands, or buts about him, about it. And shout out to uh, James Franklin and the staff. They were able to get this done. You know, Martin is a, a tremendous player, a tremendous athlete. He provides um, versatility position-wise. He obviously was being recruited as a running back, but he can play linebacker. He can play safety. He can play wide receiver. So you can really use him in multiple ways at multiple levels of offense and defense. And that is something I think that the staff is going to be very excited to experiment with, especially in his first year when he gets back onto campus. Um, he's 6'3", 205 pounds. I mean, yeah, just just a truly special player. And, you know, I think Anthony Specka deserves a huge shout-out for this one as well. You know, he was obviously very close with Quentin Martin. I believe he reported on that multiple times. They've been best friends since they were kids. I believe he even tweeted that since they were 11 years old. They've been really, really close. And, you know, to have uh, one of your best friends in the class that you're going to be able to play with at the next level, I'm sure that was a huge draw for Quentin Martin as well. So, yeah, just a lot of things working in Penn State's favor in this one, and they were able to get it done at the end of the day. So, yeah, a big-time commitment, and, and to get a kid like that in the class this early, this is the third year in a row that Penn State has landed the number one player in the state of Pennsylvania, Nick Singleton in 2022, and Javen Williams in 2023. So, yeah, you know, continuing to dominate the state is incredibly important to the fan base, and it's also important to the staff. So, yeah, lo- love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, you said it great. And uh, let's get to some of the quotes from Quinn and Martin. We can talk more about his recruitment as we go along. Uh, but uh, here's what Quinn Martin had to say to rivals about his commitment. Uh, Penn State has always been my dream school ever since I was a little boy. Uh, ever since they started recruiting, they've shown me nothing but how committed they are to me and my family and how they're going to do anything to help me thrive at their university. Coach Sider and Coach Terry have been recruiting me ever since my freshman year, so I've created a great bond with them. We are all really tight. Me and Anthony Speck have been tight ever since fifth grade. Tamir Robinson and I started getting close my freshman year. The same thing with Mont Payne. I'm sure we're going to recruit a lot of the nation's top athletes. We're going up the next weekend for the spring game. I'll be going on my official visit June 9th to, through 11th with my family. Um, he really put it great there in a lot of what you said. This was not just Penn State staff that won this recruitment. This was a total uh, team effort by by Penn State. It was the staff. It was and it was fellow recruits and uh, guys who are now on the team, as he mentioned. Um, But, I mean, just the level of commitment this is for Penn State. This is, yes, he was the top player in the state, but it's not like this is a kid who was ranked, you know, uh, 200 in the rivals 250 or something like that. This was a a near five-star kid, a kid who was a five-star up until our latest ranking, just dropped a little outside of five-star ranking, could easily get that back. But everybody in the country was after this kid. I mean, Ohio State was after him. Uh, let me let me look at the rest of his offers. But everybody in the state was in the country was after this kid. Over 20 reported scholarship offers, offers Florida State, Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Ohio State, South Carolina, Texas, Texas A&M, 
Virginia Tech, Wisconsin, among others. This was a hard recruitment to win. Other schools were showing interest like Miami. This is a huge win for the Nittany Lions, even if it is an in-state kid. This isn't a recruitment they've always won in the past. Julian Fleming, a kid right in their backyard, visited a ton of times, just like Quinn and Marsh. Uh, Quinn and Marsh. Uh, Quinn and Martin. And I, we'll talk about uh, Nicholas Marsh in a little bit, who's just on campus Friday. But Quinn and Martin uh, was on campus a ton in his recruitment, just like Julian Fleming was in his. But at the end of the day, Fleming picked Ohio State over Penn State. Now, Penn State gets the kid in the end. Uh, and I would... I would I, I know Fleming was a you know a top ten town, but I think this may be a little bit bigger of a commitment uh, for the Nittany Lions than a, a Fleming commitment would have been. Um, but we let's let's just talk about that those quotes. What do you think it means for Penn State from your guys' perspective about what this can do for them going forward? Uh, I I personally think this is a top commitment that can open the eyes of other top athletes across, across the country. You're not going to see a run of prospects per se, you know, all jumping in. But you look at this, you look at other kids they have had come in, visit across the country. Nicholas Marsh, one of them who was on campus today, one of the top wide receivers in the country, decommitted from Michigan State last month. They got him on campus this week. Uh, Jalen Harvey was on campus this week, and Dylan Stewart was on campus today. Um, Other guys they've had in the past, T. uh, T, uh, A. Cunningham out of California. They've had a lot of top talent on campus over the last few weeks and two months. And I'm not saying they're all going to commit, but I I definitely think this is one that can open the eyes of other players. Um, Anthony, we'll start with you. What's your your thoughts on the potential impact of this Quinn and Martin commitment? Yeah, no, absolutely. You start off with the quotes. And anytime, you know, a kid talks about, oh, Penn State was my dream school, you know, I grew up watching Penn State. I grew up watching players like Saquon Barkley and, and all those other guys. It, it really endears, you know, Quentin Martin to the fan base because the fans love reading that. It makes him easy to root for. Obviously, you know, we, we love our in-state kids at Penn State. We love kids that, you know, are from Pennsylvania, grew up in PA, and then go to play for Penn State. So he'll be endeared to the fans uh, just from that to begin with. But in terms of how it affects other, you know, recruits and, and their recruitments, there's no, you know, hiding that, you know, five-star players or borderline five-star players can have a big influence on, on other kids in their class. You know, that that ranking, as much as we say stars don't matter, it does matter. It carries weight for a lot of these kids. So, you know, we, I look at last year with Alex Birchmeyer, you know, he committed super early. He was a five-star, borderline five-star kid throughout the entire cycle. And I think that him committing so early definitely had an impact on other guys that they were able to get into the class. You know, I think Quentin Martin has a great opportunity to be like a class leader and and to lead by example and to help really get some of these kids to Penn State and get some kids in the class. So, yeah, I think from that standpoint, it's huge to get him in the boat pretty early with nine months or so left until signing day. Great points. Marty, what's your Yeah, the peer recruiting is big. I mean, like you said, people can say all they want about uh, recruiting not mattering, but it matters. This is an area where it matters. Um, When you have a kid like Martin who not only is highly rated, but is very active on social media, and you have him saying about Penn State being his dream school since he was a kid and wanting to do all he can to bring a national championship to Penn State and that sort of thing, 
um, that that stuff registers with other recruits. So, I mean, yeah, this is only going to help with Penn State um, and not just this cycle, but, you know, you can see the ripple down effects in the next cycle or two also for other kids from the Pittsburgh area that Quentin Martin can be close with. So, yeah, I, I it's only going to do good for Penn State. And, you know, it, it's, it's a recruitment that goes deeper than just bringing in an uberly talented player, but also bringing in someone who can do a lot of peer recruiting and a lot of good peer recruiting for Penn State. Absolutely. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about on the Quinn and Martin front? Obviously, this is a huge commitment. There's we, we could probably talk about the impact of it for hours to come, but there are some other topics we do want to cover in this podcast. But I think at the end of the day, the big thing about, you know, about this Quinn Martin recruitment is that this was a recruitment that Penn State had to be aggressive on on all fronts. Uh, for people who are worried about NIL, um, this should be a one that is a little bit of a comfort, I would say, because uh, NIL was always going to be a big part of this recruitment. I'm not saying the only reason, you know, Quinnen's only in it for the NIL. But when you're talking about this level of a kid, top 50 prospects, top 100 prospects, NIL is always going to be big for them most of the time. Uh, there are rare exceptions like an Alex Birchmeyer. But, and I don't blame kids for putting NIL high on their list. Um, but I think Penn State has shown that they're going to be aggressive going forward to the extent that they could be in the NIL space, and it, it's going to work out for them uh, in some cases. Yeah, they'll get beat in some cases when you go up against SEC teams, uh, but that's not always going to be the case, of course, either. Um, but overall, I just this is obviously a huge commitment for Penn State. It is a massive rain on their current trail. Continues what has already been a hot streak when you count in what they've done with the 2025 class already. Uh, they could add more in, in that class in the upcoming months as well. Um, it continues the hot streak, but the peer recruiting part is just huge for them, I think, as well. And I, I'm a, I'm very intrigued to see what happens next, what go, what happens from here, because they're definitely in the running for a, a wide range of guys here that I think – uh, we could see a nice little run for the Indian Lions between next weekend or even this upcoming week uh, and, you know, all the way through the end of June. So any final thoughts on Quinn and Martin, his impact for now? Yeah, and- I'll just add quickly. I think it's just the nature of the beast with, with NIL these days, you know, especially for top talents like Quinn and Martin. You're, you're going to need to be able to balance, you know, wanting to bring in kids that, you know, are football players first and, and they and they want to come to a school for all the right reasons while also being able to be competitive in the fact that, hey, other schools are going to, you know, be presenting NIL opportunities to this kid. You have to be able to do the same thing. And as long as Penn State is going to be able to do that moving forward, you know, I think this is a very positive sign that, you know, they're really starting to get their ducks in a row. They're starting to figure these things out. And, yeah, you can still bring in the right kids, you know, that want to be at Penn State while also, you know, being able to be competitive in that space. It's a balance that can be done. Agreed. Marty, what's your thoughts? Now, I think, Anthony, now that, like you said, it's a fine line to toe. You don't want these kids, excuse me, coming to you solely for NIL. Um, That's how you end up with, you know, like a Jaden Rashad type situation. But you, at the same time, you've got to take care of your players. Um, yeah, you, you want to find the guys who fit the Penn State mold, who fit the Penn State culture, and then you you take care of them accordingly. And I feel like that's what the staff is doing a good job of getting done. All right, let's move on to some other topics, topics here before we uh, 
you know, wrap up this podcast. A couple quick hitters we can talk about. First, uh, quarterback Mar- uh, Michael Van Buren. I want to call him Martin every time. Um, but Michael Van Buren uh, was on campus this pa- this week like, once again. Uh, and we put in a future cast for him as well. Um, Penn State's doing very good there, very well there, that, to say the least. I think I think right now it's probably Penn State and Oregon at the front of that pack. Uh, he does have official visits set for June as well. Uh, but most notably today, right before we started our podcast, he tweeted out that he will be making his decision, it looks like, on uh, July 8th, I believe it was. Um, he didn't officially say that's his decision date, but I think we can guess that's what it will be on 7-8 is a commitment. Uh, but again, we do have Michael Van Buren as well. Um, sorry, Michael Van Buren future casted to the Navy Lions. Uh, I did so myself, but also Adam Friedman, national recruit analyst for Rivals, also future casted uh, Van Buren towards uh, Penn State. Uh, guys, Michael Van Buren is one of the top targets left on the board for Penn State. Uh, is a little bit on the smaller side, a Trace McShorley type build here, uh, but this is another recruitment that Penn State uh, would love to win here early in the 2024 recruitment cycle. And if you can get Van Buren and Martin in the same class, this is very quickly potentially going towards one of the best, if not the best, of class, recruit class Penn State could possibly have under James Franklin. Uh, because there's there's a couple other guys on the board that are very high in the rankings that they could easily land this cycle, and I think they're going to be in the mix for some other guys down the road as well who we may not necessarily think they may be uh, you know in the race squarely for right now, but we there's always a few that are surprises as the cycle goes on. I think it's fair to say, um, Marty. I guess we'll start with you there. What's just uh, Michael Van Buren? Uh, how, how, what were your thoughts on him? How much would you like to see him in the blue and white? First and foremost, um, I think Van Buren would be a terrific pickup for Penn State. I mean, we talked about it a little bit before on the air. This is a kid, if he was like two inches taller, you're talking about a legit like top 100 across the board Great. prospect, maybe borderline five-star top four, five, six quarterback in the class guy. He does it all well. He's got good arm strength. He can move well in the pocket. He makes good decisions. He can read a defense. Um, He's got all the tools you want from a quarterback other than his size. Um, That said, he's still a really damn good quarterback. Um, Combine that with him being a St. Francis kid where, listen, if you're listening to this podcast, odds are you know the struggles Penn State has had recruiting St. Francis. Uh, You'd love to get him on board. And – I will say for his recruitment itself, maybe this is me reading too much into things, but a previously unplanned, seemingly out of the blue visit one day, and then all of a sudden the very next day you're setting up your commitment plans, you can probably read the tea leaves on that one. Um, I'm sure he'll stay, as of now, I'm sure he'll still take his official visit to Eugene, but I think we all agree we wouldn't be surprised if he wrapped this up before official visits. Um, yeah, Penn State seems to be in a great spot here. And like I said, he's a really, really good quarterback. And you combine that with him being a St. Francis kid, and this is a commitment you, you really want to land if you're Definitely Penn State. agree uh, that, uh, on that last point. Uh, and, yeah, I think it's a good point you bring up about, you know, he comes off a visit the next day he schedules or tweets out a potential commitment date. 
maybe it's just coincidental. Maybe it's not. Uh, I'm not totally sure. I haven't asked around or anything. Uh, last time I heard, uh, which was a couple days ago, I was told don't expect any time, anything anytime soon. Uh, you know, that, that could mean just publicly too. Uh, but I do know Penn State feels uh, good about where they send this recruitment uh, and that it's uh, really Penn State and Oregon at this point. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, but I definitely think you brought up some good points. Anthony, what's your thoughts on Van Buren uh, and his recruitment? Yeah, I think Marty did a tremendous job there. I think he hit most of the key points on on Van Buren. I think the biggest knock on him is definitely his size. He's probably, you know, around 5'10", maybe 5'11". 5'11 makes sense. I I believe there's a picture of him out there standing next to Bryce Young, and he's clearly taller than Bryce Young by at least an inch or two. So he's probably like 5'11"-ish, which, like you said, is in the Trace McSorley mold. And I think we all know that Trace McSorley had a lot of success there. Bryce Young may only be, you know, five foot ten, but he's a damn good quarterback. Yeah, listen, at the end of the day, it's about what you can do in the pocket and outside the pocket. And Van Buren can move. He's got a really strong arm. He's a good decision maker. He's been known as a leader. He's got a lot of the traits. Not a perfect quarterback, but he's got a lot of the traits that you would want in a player that could be really, really good at the next level. And I think Penn State really recognizes that. So, yeah, you know, right now I believe Penn State is his only official visit that he has set up publicly. I believe that's going to be June 16th. Please correct me if I'm wrong there, Dylan. But so that, that is, yeah, so that is set up. So, um, you know, we'll see uh, what happens between now and then. But, yeah, as, as things stand right now, it seems like things are really looking good for Penn State in that one. And, yeah, he would be he would be a really solid quarterback to get in this class. I would be very happy if Van Buren was the guy. Agreed, and we bring up the height, and it's not like in today's game, short quarterbacks being good is anything new. I mean, you can probably probably go back to what Manziel. Uh, since Manziel, we've seen a run of short quarterbacks having great success at the collegiate level, and. It, I don't think that's going to end anytime soon. Um, so I definitely don't think height should be any bit of a concern. Yeah, you always like to have a bigger quarterback in terms of, you know, productiveness, but whatever, if the guy can ball, the guy can ball. I don't care if they're five foot ten. I don't care if they're six foot seven. If you can ball, you can ball. And Michael Van Buren can absolutely ball. Um, moving on to another prospect who I kind of uh, mentioned earlier. Wide receiver Nicholas Marsh, top 50 player in the country, I believe, on the rival rankings. Uh, one of the top wide receivers on the board um, on campus on Friday. And then the nation, and then the nation, going back to our old name, Happy Valley, Happy Valley Insider has confirmed uh, that uh, Marsh has scheduled an official visit uh, to Penn State. Uh, we're working on trying to confirm the exact date, but we have confirmed that he is going to take an official visit to uh, Happy Valley, which is a big development, I think, to say the least. Marsh was a guy that Penn State's always liked, always wanted. Uh, but once he decommitted from Michigan State last month, you didn't hear much about the Nini Lions, seemingly until Thursday night when Marsh tweeted that he was going to be visiting Penn State. And now, uh, less than 24 hours later, there's an official visit set up. That's, that's quite big because there's a lot of big names after Marsh here. Uh, I'm interested to see how this recruitment goes overall. I've heard NIL could once again be a factor here. Um, 
So on that end, it will be another test for Penn State if NIL does become a factor. Um, but at the end of the day, it just says, I think, a lot about what Penn State can do on these visits by getting guys who haven't been on campus in a while um, to set up official visits that quickly, um, especially when he had to make a you know a new relationship here with Marcus Higgins over the last few weeks uh, since Higgins has been hired. Uh, any thoughts on Nicholas Marsh from either of you? Anthony? Yeah, a great first test for Hagens here. Um, obviously, this is a huge one for Penn State. You know, wide receiver is considered by many, if not all, in the fan base to be a, a huge need in this recruiting class. You want to get at least a few good ones. And I think Penn State is set up well to at least land uh, three or four solid wide receivers in this class. And uh, Nick Marsh would be the best of all of them, in my opinion. Um, you can't, as I, as I like to say, you can't win the raffle if you don't buy a ticket. And uh, getting Nick Marsh back on campus for an official visit, presumably sometime in June, is a is a big deal. You know, that's the type of kid that you want to get him back on campus to. And it, yeah, it would be a huge it would be a huge commitment if they could pull this one off and a huge testament to Hagen's recruiting ability just to even get him to this point. Agreed. Marty, any thoughts on uh, uh, Marsha? No, I think, I think Anthony put it well. Um, you know, getting getting to this point speaks volumes of Hagen's because it seemed to be a recruitment Penn State was completely out of a month ago when he first decommitted from Sparty. Um, get him on campus. Let's see what happens here. You know, you, you'd love to land the kid. Like you said, top 100 kid, really talented kid. Um, but, yeah, bit, nice early test here for Marcus Higgins. If he can if he can pull this off, it, it's tough not to feel really good about where things are going to go with him as wide receivers coach. And especially in a class where you're probably looking to bring in at least three, maybe four receivers if it's the right fit. Agreed. And Penn State is in a good spot for Guys like Keelan Adams, Dre Hawkins, Jalen Hornsby, and among others at the wide receiver position as well. Um, so that that'll be worth watching. When Nicholas Marshall will, of course, confirm that date and get it up on our boards as soon as possible. But he will be taking an official visit to Penn State. Big development for Penn State as well. Uh, another big name on campus here on Friday: uh, Florida State commitment Luke Cromenhoek, uh, which. Uh, we, we were debating on for the podcast how to pronounce that. We've came up with three different, uh, you know, pronunciations. I'm going to go with mine. But uh, Cromano got us a band in Georgia, the Florida State came in. Uh, showed up to Happy Valley back in October for, uh, I believe it was the whiteout. He's now back this uh, on, on Friday. I don't see him flipping from Florida State, uh, but yeah, I think it is a notable visit, to say the least, for Penn State. The fact that they are able to get him back on campus is is pretty big. Still think it's going to take a lot to get him to flip away from the Seminoles, who are definitely getting the ball rolling or have the ball rolling on the recruiting show and are definitely getting started on uh, the football field as well. They'll be one of the top teams coming in the country next year. Uh, any thoughts on uh, Luke Cromenhoke here uh, being on campus? Yeah, I mean, he's a kid who it has been pretty apparent for a while now that he's he's Mike Yurcich's top target at quarterback this Agreed. cycle. Uh, yeah, like you said, uh, Dylan, he's he, definitely, from what I've been told, Penn State's you know, no, absolute number one quarterback target. That doesn't mean they don't like Michael Van Buren, Croman Hoke. They just it, it they believe is uh you know is a tier above the rest at this point. 
yeah, you know, like you said, it's going to be very difficult to get him to flip away from Florida State. Has a great, uh, great relationship with that staff. Um, the Seminoles, you know, like Penn State going into the season with a lot of hype around them, a lot of people expecting some good things down in Tallahassee. So that always makes it difficult as well. Um, but but if there's one thing maybe to watch here, maybe give you a sliver of hope. He's not originally from Georgia. He's originally from the Richmond area. Um, I believe he still has family up in that Northern Virginia area. And few schools in the country have recruited Northern Virginia better the last few cycles than Penn State has. So with this being a kid who's originally from that area, still has family in the area, that could potentially be a factor here. You know, if he wants to be able to be in an area where family could come see him play easily on Saturdays, that's going to be a lot more doable at Happy Valley than it would be in Tallahassee, it appears. So, again, I, I'm with you. I don't, I don't think this is going to happen. Um, I mean, the fact he keeps showing up on campus, though, clearly there's some mutual interest there on Crowman Hoax end with Penn State. But, uh, yeah, you know, you keep getting the kid on campus, see what happens. But if you're Penn State, as we said with Van Buren, you're probably going to be okay quarterback this cycle no matter what because you should get Van Buren. And, hey, if Crowman Hoke wants to join the class too, you're certainly not going to say no. 100% agree. And, again, that doesn't mean they don't like Mag Van Buren. Mike Van Buren, I think, is definitely uh, – it may not have been – it may be a 1A, 1B situation uh, as well. Uh, they would absolutely, they absolutely want Michael Van Buren. Uh, if they could get both, they would absolutely take both. I don't think that's going to happen because I don't think Crowman Hoke is going to flip. But, uh, yeah, they, they love both quarterbacks, and they're going to – be in a very good spot no matter which one ends up in Happy Valley. My money right now would be on Van Buren, though. Uh, Anthony, any thoughts on Cromanoak showing up on campus? Yeah, definitely. I think this speaks to the relationship that he has with the staff. He's been pretty adamant that, you know, Florida State, he's solid to the Seminoles. Um, you can debate how true that is if he's showing up other places, but it, it's clear that he has a great relationship with Mike Yersage. He has a great relationship with James Franklin, and he respects them enough to come to campus. What that means in terms of, you know, is he is he not wavering on his commitment? I don't know. Uh, like you said, I would lean towards He's still solid to Florida State, especially if they have a, a big year this year, which they're expected to have. I think that'll only solidify it, and that's fine. Like we said, we're still in a great spot with Michael Van Buren, and you know, either way, you're solid at quarterback. But, but yeah, if he's your number one guy, and it seems like he's definitely Mike Yersich's number one guy in this cycle, yeah, you keep recruiting him until that ink is dry. So, yeah, it's definitely a, a positive sign that hey, you know, there's still there's still a little bit of hope in this one if you're Penn State. Agreed. And uh, let me look at our list of the other guys on campus here, uh, see if there's any uh, we could quickly mention. Um, okay. Uh, Stacy Gage, running back from uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, one of two prospects there recruiting at running back position out of that program alongside Jordan Lyle, was on campus. Uh, I, I don't think they uh, ultimately land him, but I wouldn't be surprised if he schedules an official visit to Happy Valley. Penn State's done a very good job with St. Thomas Aquinas prospects, as we know. Um, so he's worth monitoring. Ryan Mack, also out of St. Thomas Aquinas, was on campus this weekend, or on campus Friday. Uh, I think they are in a solid spot with him. Linebacker Jalen Harvey out of Maryland. Again, we've brought up in the past, it doesn't look like he's going to take, take an official visit to Penn State this summer, but not too worried about that. He's been on campus a ton in his uh, recruitment. One official visit isn't going to change any feelings he has about Penn State. He's already seen everything on campus, you would have to imagine. Um, 
So I'm not too worried about that. I still like Penn State. I still like my future cast in for the Nimi Lions. Uh, let's see. Uh, Nicholas Marsh, Jalen Hornsby out of Camden, New Jersey, another top wide receiver prospect on campus. We've heard good things about where they stand with him. Then Dylan Stewart out of D- Friendship Collegiate Academy in D.C. Going to be tough to land him, but to get him back on campus is uh, really big for the Nimi Lions. We'll see if they get an official visit out of him. And if you get an official visit, anything's possible at that point. But definitely think South Carolina right now has the upper hand in this recruitment. Uh, any names there? Stand- oh, uh, also Trent Wilson, 2025 defensive lineman out of uh, St. Francis Academy in Baltimore, was also on campus. Uh, long ways to go in that one, but Penn State uh, put in some good work here early on. I think uh, the early trends are positive for the Navy Lions. Way too early to mention, you know, to name any favorites or anything in that recruitment. But I think they're going to put they're going to be in a good spot to receive more visits and potentially an official visit at some point next year in Wilson's recruitment as well. Anthony, any thoughts on any of those guys? Yeah, obviously, you know, when you get Dylan Stewart on campus, you know, four-time five-star player, you know, one of the best players in the country, period, it, it's a big deal. Even if, like, it, it seems like a long shot right now, you still fight that good fight, try to get him for an official visit down the road. I'll point to Jalen Hornsby as a guy who um, it stands out to me, you know, player from New Jersey, wide receiver, fills a need in this class, local kid. You know, that one just seems like it would make sense if Penn State was eventually the choice. So, yeah, good to get those kids back on campus. And, you know, we'll see what happens with guys like Stacey Gage and, and Ryan Mack. I know that, that running back board is is very, very wide right now. And, obviously, you have one already in the boat and Quentin Martin, your biggest one probably. So, you know, we'll see. You know, they can start to get a little picky and choosy now with that second one. So, you know, that, that'll be fun to monitor down the road. And, you know, one thing we actually did, and I'll let Marty go then, but one thing we didn't mention about Quentin Martin that we absolutely should have is that he brings a ton of position versatility uh, with him. Uh, he's, he's coming to Penn State as a running back, but this is a kid who can play linebacker, he can play safety. I mean, he, he you could put him a wide receiver and he'd be fine as well. So, I mean, he's going to be an ultimate weapon. I, I on the Locked On, Indian Asian, locked on uh, Penn State uh, podcast the other day, I uh, mentioned that he kind of, in a way, he could be almost like Jabril Peppers type player for Penn State down the road. You, you can put him anywhere, and he will be able to make plays. That being said, I think running back is going to be his primary position where he will see most of the snaps. But would anybody be shocked if we saw him line up defensively at one point? I don't think so. Um, Marty, thoughts on uh, any, any of the prospects on campus or Quentin Martin first, Tilly? No, I think Anthony sums it all up pretty well. I mean, Jalen Harvey, I think, is one you got to mention every time he's on campus at this point. Like you said, Dylan, I mean, he knows Penn State inside and out. Honestly, probably a little surprising he hasn't committed to Penn State yet. Um, definitely get the vibe, though, that's one where the staff is kind of knows what they're doing, kind of biding their time until the time is right to push for that commitment, which I would be willing to bet they're going to try and push for that before that official visit season really opens up here in late or in, in early June. So I think Harvey's one to watch. Um, the the defensive line, things are interesting. I mean, like I said, anytime you can get Dylan Stewart on campus, get him on campus, see what happens. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 a really interesting and intriguing group for a Friday 
in in April to be on campus, and it's it was a busy Friday, and I'm sure it's going to be a busy weekend at Penn State, and you know, getting ready for for the blue white game next weekend, where things are just going to really be nuts, and you know, it seems like that things could be setting up here for for Penn State to go on a little bit of a little bit of a commitment run here as we get ready to head in the middle of April. I definitely agree with that. I'm hearing good news about potentially some news at the beginning of next week, uh, and then uh, yeah, next week with the blue white game should be fun. Uh, we do have two future, uh, one future cast currently in close, but another future cast for two Texas product uh, prospects in 2025 recruiting class, Keandre uh, Barker and uh, his uh, teammate here, uh, 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 Quanell uh, X Farrakhan Jr., uh, both out of the Woodlands in Texas. Um, both are very high on Penn State. I haven't put in one in for Quanell just yet, but uh, probably will by the time they next week rolls around. But Quanell confirmed that both him and Keandre will be on campus next week. I've heard a lot of good things about where they, uh, where Penn State sits for them. I'll be interested to see if they uh, do end up, you know, trying to commit on the visit or Penn State maybe wants it, them to slow things down. You, you want to make sure these 2025 kids are ready for when they try to pull that trigger to commit. Penn State, we know what James Franklin's preferred, uh, prefer, how he prefers things after a commitment. He doesn't want guys taking visits. Uh, and when a kid commits as 2025, you know, a full year and a half away from signing, that's a long time not to potentially take any visits. So we'll see what happens. And then you add the distance into their recruitment. It's not like they're going to be in the backyard that Penn State can get them up anytime of the year for a visit. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But Penn State does sit very well for those two and for several 2024 prospects who are going to be on campus next week as well. Thoughts on um, that at all? Yeah, no, Blue White's always an exciting time. Um, You always kind of expect, you know, you never know what can happen, but you always kind of expect to at least get a couple of commitments off that weekend. Obviously, you've got 70 to 75,000 Penn State fans packing the stadium. You know, it's still a big environment, and they they do it pretty well. It should be fun this year, especially now that they have an offensive line room that can support, like, a full-on scrimmage. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what comes out of that weekend. Um, I know me and Dylan are going to be at Blue White. I don't know if Marty, you may finalize those plans yet or not. While Dylan's working hard, you know, he's he's up in the booth, you know, doing his thing, getting his intel. You know, I'll be on the front lines, beer in hand in the tailgate fields. And just, you know, we all have our roles to play here at Happy Valley Insider. So I, I'm very excited to do my part. If, if I am able to make it up, which I'm trying to make it happen, if I am able to make it up, I'll make sure to uh... – do my best, Anthony, to guarantee that you're not you're not working solo on that very important job of making sure the beers are indeed being consumed. Yeah, I'll be enjoying the free food in the press box. So uh, you guys enjoyed that. I'll be enjoying the food, and uh, maybe we'll cross paths. Uh, but uh, any final thoughts, guys? I mean, I guess quickly we didn't get your thoughts on it, but a couple weeks ago, uh, Penn State. Uh, I mean, it felt like a couple weeks ago. I think it's probably only like ten days or like a week. Uh, uh, but Penn State hired Mike Rhodes to be the next head men's basketball coach. Uh, let's get your quick opinions on that. He did have an assistant, J.D. Breyers, a lead for Virginia Tech today. Um, when you consider the circumstances of Breyers' wife being the head volleyball coach, I believe, of Virginia Tech, not too surprising a move uh, works out. 
uh, in that aspect. Um, but overall thought, thoughts on Rhodes uh, becoming the next head coach at Penn State, and then we'll wrap it up. Marty? Yeah, I think it's a good hire, um, especially considering the, the tough spot Michael Shrewsbury put them in. Um, I, I do think that Rhodes is a very good coach from an X and O standpoint. Um, definitely going to play a little bit of a different game than Shrewsbury looked to play, but, you know, it might be some bumps here in year one because just this roster has obviously been gutted by the portal since Shrewsbury's left, but it definitely seems to be a lot of, a lot of signs pointing towards Rhodes bringing a lot of his kids from BC with him. Um, maybe I, I a few other transfers have, uh, coming in. Of his sleeve. He very well may indeed have an ace up his sleeve, but uh, Don't give me that and, you know, it looks like Kanye Cleary's going to stick around, which is big. Evan Mahaffey's entered the portal, but is still practicing with the team, so it seems like there's a shot they could keep him in the fold. So, yeah, I think it's a good hire. Really good basketball coach, in my opinion. Him being from Pennsylvania, I think, helps because he's already going to have a lot of ties and connections in the state for recruiting. Um, and also, in today's world of the transfer portal, it's not hard to turn a basketball program around in a hurry. We just saw Micah Shrewsbury do that. So I do think that even if they do take some lumps this year, by year two, similar to Shrewsbury, they could be in position to be competing for a Big Ten or a, or a NCAA tournament berth. And honestly, if he brings kids with him from VCU, lands a few others in the portal, I wouldn't be stunned to see them potentially compete for a tournament berth again this year. But, yeah, good hire. Anthony, thoughts on Rose, and then we'll wrap up this uh, podcast. Yeah, no, really quickly, I think it's a solid hire. I think Marty did a great job uh, touching on all the key points there. You know, he's a Pennsylvania guy from central Pennsylvania. He's got a lot of connections up here. I think it just made sense from the Penn State standpoint. You know, he's got a successful track record at VCU. He's made the NCAA tournament multiple times. Um, He's able to recruit the region. Uh, Like, it, it just... It just felt like a guy that would come in and and, and he wants to be here and, and wants to be here long term. So, you know, good job by Pat Kraft to to bring in, you know, a guy like that. And, you know, we'll see what kind of success he's able to have moving forward. I think it, it might be a little bumpy to start year one just because, again, like you said, we're replacing literally everybody sure. with two people scholarship wise. But. You know, I think, you know, give them a couple of years, and I think, you know, this program could get back to where they were this year. I see no reason why it can't. Yeah, and we also seen with the transfer portal, it, it, you can rebuild a program very fast with the transfer portal. Uh, now, it's hard to do that consistently year in and year out. Uh, and, yeah, with the scholarship situation, it's going to be even tougher. Uh, but I definitely agree with you. And I, I think, like you said, this is a guy that I expect to be, as long as he has success, to be at Penn State long term. He is a very good coach, but I, I think to him, Penn State is unless a true blue blood call is coming. I, I think he's he's going to be very happy being at Penn State, being in his home state, not too far from his family and friends in Monoy City, and uh, I think it's going to work out for Penn State and uh, and Rhodes to say the least. Uh, any final thoughts, guys, as we wrap up this episode? Uh, you know, blue white just a week away, at Penn State. Uh, uh, you know, spring spring football is almost over. It feels like it just started yesterday, but as soon as spring football ends, you know, we go on a little bit of a recruiting lull at the end of the month. But then, uh, once June hits, we're back full force into official visit season, camp season. It's going to be fun, and uh, in May we have the rivals uh, camp in New Jersey as well. So there should be fun intel coming out of that as well. Um, any final thoughts? 
Nope. Marty, you're good. Marty's good. Anthony's good. All right. We'll wrap that up for this episode of the Penn State 365 podcast uh, presented by uh, Happy Valley Insider of the Rivals Network. My name is Dylan Cowan Crowley. There, Marty Lieb and Anthony is on. We'll be sure to be back with you very soon for an episode of the Penn State 365 podcast. Uh, and maybe we'll be talking about more good news for Penn State on the recruiting side of things. But until next time, everybody, enjoy your weekend. Uh, enjoy the holiday if you do uh, celebrate. And we will talk to you all real soon.